0: important and, you know, there's a lot of uh, spiritual warfare even around some of the things that we were talking about uh, tonight because the enemy is is determined that he's going to try to keep us blinded to and ignorant of and deceived about certain things, but amen, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. And so even, uh, you know, our subject uh, tonight, this subject of faith and learning how to grow and operate effectively in faith, faith thematics becoming a faith mathematician. Uh, it's, it's something the enemy is absolutely terrified about um, because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. If we learn how to operate effectively in faith, then um, there is really nothing the enemy can do uh, to stop us. And so this is why he fights you know, these things and fights this subject. And... And uh, you know, you've got some of the greatest faith teachers that, that you know, have ever lived um, you know, in my lifetime. I was watching some uh, of the older Charles Capps uh, teaching uh, on Sunday afternoon. And my goodness, of course, he's with the Lord now. You know, but some of the greatest faith teachers that have ever lived, and of course many in the body of Christ have uh, benefited from, from these men and women, But others have chosen to write books about them and and try to tear them down and discredit them. So um, again, it's spiritual warfare. We're not ignorant of the devil's devices. And so I'm glad you're with us tonight. I I think it's uh, uh, we're on to some things that I believe uh, are going to really make a difference uh, in our faith walk and operating by faith, receiving by faith, and uh, experiencing the things that Father has for us to experience and receive by faith. Hey, normally during this time of the service we were together, we, had, we would pass the offering bags, but um, obviously we're uh, live streaming tonight, so let me just take the opportunity to say thank you uh, for those of you who have, you know, just continued to give and give generously. Uh, I tell you what blesses me uh, as much or more even than, than the finances that have continued to flow into and through Heritage uh, over, the, you know, since March in, in the COVID crisis it's the faith that it represents, uh, you know, that, that you guys and, and men and women and families, you know, you're continuing uh, to give and trust the Lord, and, and He's continuing to provide for you. So, um, amen. Be blessed in what you do. Thank you for um, the, the tithes and the offerings. We uh, have continued to be able to support um, the ministries that, that we're involved in. And we've um, been talking talk to Cornelius this week. They're doing well there uh, in Kenya. They're starting to loosen up some of the uh, restrictions. And so we just bless our brothers and sisters at Heritage Christian Center there uh, in Kenya. And um, they're, uh, they're actually using the discipleship class. They're watching it on Sunday morning bef- before their, their morning service and using it like a Sunday school hours or two hours, <laughs> I guess. So, But anyway, we, we are grateful for our, our brothers there and, and uh, the opportunity to partner. Um, with them. So uh, in-person worship, gather together here Sunday morning 1030, first Sunday in September. We'll be enjoying communion together, so wanted to remind you of that. If you have your Bibles, open them with me tonight uh, once again to James chapter 1. I know we had gotten over into 1 Peter at the end of our message last Wednesday, and um, I don't know if we'll get back there tonight, but we will in the near future, it's basically a parallel passage to this one uh, where it talks about our faith being put on trial and how that uh, fiery trial, the Holy Spirit used those words through Peter, um, is, is like uh, fire to gold. It has a purifying, a perfecting, a proving effect on our faith. And um, so we see that through Two New Testament writers, and of course others mention it as well, but, but almost a, a, you know, making the same point uh, concerning um, our faith. So James chapter 1, let's begin at verse number 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing." Now, we serve a God of the we, and we serve a God of the you. And what I mean by that is, a lot of times you know, we have Bible verses that, that speak to uh, the body of Christ as a whole, um, that, that speak you know, to us corporately, we could use that fancy word, but then there are other verses that speak to us directly as individuals, and it's important to understand the difference. For instance, when Jesus taught us about prayer, he said, "When you pray, you go into your closet and you shut your door and you pray to your Father in heaven." You know, and words, he's using, like we see here in James chapter one, um, he's using these individual uh, pronouns because he's emphasizing that this is something personal. Uh, obviously you know, a group of people, a family can go through a trying time, but when we talk about the context of of what's being communicated here, he's talking about something that we experience and endure uh, individually. Th- this kind of goes into, you know, there's a lot of things in the Scriptures, and I, I don't want to go too far down this road tonight, but there's a lot of things in the Scriptures that I have to do myself. In other words, I can't do it for you, you can't do it for me. I can encourage you, I can pray for you, I can love you, um, you know, I can buy you a cheeseburger and, and talk to you. you know, but it, when it boils down to it, you know, there are things that, that are you know, specific and unique to you as an individual. And I can't do it for you, you can't do it for me. We can only encourage one another uh, in the process. And, and this is one of those things. We, we talk about personally, individually, believing God for something in our lives, uh, some breakthrough, healing, something in our finances, you know, some situation in, in our jobs or what have you. Um, you know, faith is uh, a function of your specific individual heart. Not leaving out, I know maybe some of you thinking, "Wait, well, isn't there power in agreement, Pastor Mark?" Absolutely, there's power in agreement. But when we talk about agreeing in faith, um, you know, if you if you take two people who are very strong in faith and they agree together. Obviously, that's, that's going to produce uh, much greater results than two people who are, who are languishing and, and wallowing in doubt and unbelief making a concerted effort to agree together. So, w- when we grow and grow individually, if we're going to go all the way to the end, when you stand before God to give an account, you're going to stand there alone. It's, you're going to be there with Him. Uh, and before Him, thank God for His mercy and grace. I don't try to tell you that to scare you. Um, remember, you're... Your, uh, righteousness is not based upon your works but your rewards are and, uh, and again that, that comes back to um, a very individualized and very personal thing so notice he says count it all joy when you you as an individual fall into a various trial in other words something you've personally believed God for standing in faith for made a faith released a faith confession for and now that faith effort is being put on trial He says, knowing that the proving of your faith. So, this tells us that word testing means proving. And remember, we've said it over and over again. I'm going to keep reminding you this has nothing to do with God putting you through some hard situation. This is, you know, he says later in the chapter let no one say when he's being tested, tempted, or tried, he's being tested or tempted, tried by God. Um, This is the enemy, your adversary, who is bringing adversity. Uh, you know, against you uh, ultimately to try to get you to back down from a position of faith, a stand of faith, a confession of faith uh, that you've already uh, taken already made um, and he says that when your faith is put on trial know, you count it all joy knowing, he says know ahead of time that when your faith is put on trial all the, all the trial is going to do uh, is prove your faith to you and produce endurance in your life if, if you endure uh, and know how to stand uh, when your faith is tried. So that's, that, those of you who maybe joined us after the introduction, uh, you know, tonight, this is why we're talking about, you know, being ready for trial, being, being ready and prepared to, to successfully, uh, stand um, when Satan c- uh, comes and uses circumstances and circumstantial evidence and lies and statistics and even facts. As powerful as facts are, they're not more powerful than the truth. To try to bully you off of your faith and standing in faith. Because remember, the Bible says, if if you believe, you receive when you ask uh, and do not doubt in your heart, you will take possession of whatever it is that you believe. So the enemy is going to put that faith stand on trial to try to move you off of it. Now, before we go any further, and I, I guess this is kind of like, uh, my darling wife loves to find good deals on things, and she's already started getting some stuff together, you know, for, for the kids and things for Christmas. I, I have a hard time. I, just, I almost sometimes don't even want to know what she's got, because I want to go ahead and give it to him. I don't think he's listening right now, but we got Oliver, the most amazing pair of shoes, and she got them, again, great sale. And uh, I was picking up and looking at them, uh, and, and they light up. I didn't know they lit up. I mean, they were cool and, and, a, and a good deal. I said, I want to go ahead and give it to him. And so maybe that's why, but there was something that the Lord spoke to me this afternoon, going back over these notes, that, um, that I, it just has so blessed me and so touched me that I want to go ahead and share it with you in case I don't get there to the full explanation of it tonight. So, uh, if you're writing things down, you might want to write this down, okay? You cannot move the mountain as long as the mountain can move you, okay? You cannot move the mountain as long as the mountain can move you. And so many times, you know, I I think this is probably going to be a a chapter uh, in the book, you know, what to do when the mountain pushes back. Because Jesus told us if we speak to the mountain, the mountain will move. And so many times we speak to the mountain and the mountain defies our faith. The obstacle, the immovable uh, situation in our lives that we release our faith uh, to go to work on. um, You know, I wish I could tell you every time you speak to a mountain, it just evaporates in front of you. But, you know, we have a real enemy who's going to try to challenge and contradict and defy our faith. This is why we believe that we receive when we pray, and we stand in faith uh, until we actually take possession of whatever it is that we've prayed and believed God for. In other words, it may not happen uh, instantly you know, like that. And so what my experience is, is you know, when I say speak to the mountain, you know, some issue, some obstacle, some problem in your life, you, you get in the Word. You find out what the Word says. Faith is awakened and aroused. Then the Bible says we release that faith by speaking by faith confession. Um, but a lot of times in my life, you know, when I've spoke to the mountain and tried to push that mountain with my faith, the mountain has a tendency to push back. And how we handle and deal with the mountain pushing back is going to determine whether or not we're victorious and we receive what it is that we're believing God for, what, he's, what grace has already given to us, or, or whether uh, we miss out and we don't uh, receive into our reality uh, these things that we're believing God for. So when we talk about mountain-moving faith, um, the only mountain you're going to move with faith is the mountain that, that, that when it pushes back, it doesn't move you. Uh, when, when you know the accuser of the brethren, the prosecutor of the brethren, when when he hauls your faith into court and he starts bringing railing accusation against it, and and, and he starts, uh, you know, demanding that you prove uh, that you're healed and prove that you're, that 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 mountain has to move and these and these kinds of things. How you respond in that moment is is, is going to determine you know if you, if you back down. If you, if you slip over into doubt and unbelief like Peter did, remember I've told you over and over again, Peter had the faith to walk on water. He didn't have the ability to, to, to endure in that faith, to, to continue to walk on the water. So, in other words, the doubt and unbelief started pushing back against him. He lost his focus and he began to sink. Thank God Jesus caught him. Everything's you know, fine there. Um, but you, you know, the only mountain you're going to ever move in your life with faith is the one that doesn't move you when it pushes back and when you stand your ground that's why the Bible says when you've done everything you know to do to stand just keep standing and and what's happening in that process this is what James is talking about here when when your faith is defied when your faith is challenged when your faith is contradicted uh, put on trial and accused and and lied and all this uh, lied about and all these other things you know when you remain confident and calm you stay in the Word of God and and every Fact, you counteract with the truth. Uh, every uh, demand for evidence and proof, you point to your faith as proof, and not the circumstances. Uh, you know th- these are the these are the mountains that will absolutely move into the depths of the sea for any person that um, operates in faith. So, this is just another way for me to explain to you what we mean by the title. Ready for trial. We've got to be ready for the mountain to push back. Um, we haven't got there yet, but in the book of Micah, you know, Jesus told us to speak to the mountain. The book of Micah says to lift your voice and make your case to the mountain, right? Because you know, if if you are not ready for trial, and if you don't know how to make your case, that that mountain has to move, no matter how stubborn how impossible, how immovable it seems to be. If you're not ready to, to you know, make that confession, it's one thing for a, a defendant in a, in a court to plead not guilty. It's another thing. It's another thing when they go to trial for, uh, for them to prove uh, and stand their ground and, and present the, the evidence. I know you say you're innocent of proven guilty. I, I just set that aside for a moment trying to show you. It's one thing to make the plea. It's it's one thing to make the accusation. In civil court, it's one thing to say, this person wronged me and they owe me this much money. It's another thing to make a convincing case. And so we got to be able to make that case uh, in a way that not only enables us to, to maintain and hold our position of faith, but to actually become stronger in it. And for faith in that process to become proven to us. Um, we've said a couple of times already that faith is for a lot of people what Saul's armor was to a little shepherd boy named David, the finest available, um, but, but he had no confidence in that armor. He said that armor had not been proven because it hadn't been battle tested. Well, you've, you've been given the God kind of faith. Uh, it's, it's like Saul's armor. It's the finest available as far as the faith that you've been given, the measure of faith you've been given. But um, has it been battle-tested? Has it been proven to you? And the only way your faith will ever be proven is for you to step out on it, and then when the devil tries it, you you hang in there. You you fight that good fight of faith, and if you don't cave in, all he's going to succeed in doing is making you much more difficult to deal with the next time. All right? Now... Let's do this, praise God. Um, another way, and this is, I've used words like contradict, defy, um, circumstantial evidence, things of this nature. Um, tonight, I want us to, to bring another word you know, up on the table in our study. And I want you to think of the trying of your faith in terms of the challenging of your faith. Uh, when, when he's talking about. Your, your faith is being put on trial. Your faith is being put on trial because your faith is being challenged. Your faith is being challenged. So, um, if you have a, uh, you know, it's a political season in, in our uh, country, and you hear of um, certain people who are running. For, it's rare, but certain people, you know, they're they're running unopposed. In other words, they're running for a, a, a seat on the council or whatever. And, and nobody's running against them. So they don't have a challenger. They don't have anybody who is, you know, coming against them to try to stop them. So when we when we talk in terms of faith, you have to understand that that you have an adversary. Uh, you have an opponent and and he is going to challenge uh, you any time you step out in faith. I don't tell you that to scare you. This is not about scaring you. Anybody that's ever tried to operate in faith, believe God for something big in your life or whatever, you've already walked in these shoes. You've already experienced um, what I'm talking about. But we, we don't live in, uh, in an environment where there's no challenger. In other words, when you go after something for faith, you're not going to run unopposed. Uh, the, the enemy is going to bring opposition. He's going to oppose you. Again, I don't tell you that to scare you. The Bible says if we're ignorant of the devil's devices, it gives him an advantage. And I could go on for the rest of my time tonight to, to just you know verse after verse that we have the victory over him, that we always triumph, that we're more than conquerors and, 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 on, and on and on. But we got to know how to fight. Uh, we, we've got to know how uh, to, uh, to skillfully uh, uh, use and apply the Word of God by faith in order to walk in the victory that Jesus fought and won for us. So, when we talk about trials, um, there are so many wrong and preconceived ideas in the body of Christ today about trials. I think it's important for us to kind of cut through some of that clutter to really get down to the heart, zero in on what the trial of your faith uh, is and and what it's all about. And so, again, this is not something that God is doing to you uh, to make you a better person. And nor is it, this is an important point that we made last week, I think it bears repeating again tonight, Um, the trying of your faith alone does nothing to, to, to strengthen your faith or increase your endurance. It's, it's when we endure the trial. And that's what he gets into later on in the chapter. He explains that the man who endures when tried is the man who's empowered to prosper and will rule and reign in life. If just simply our faith being tried was enough to make our faith stronger and, 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 and more effective, then we've all been through enough trials by now that, that we would just be superstars uh, at, at using our faith. So it's, it's when we get in the fray and we get into the heat of the battle with the sword of the spirit and we fight the good fight of faith and our faith becomes battle tested and something that can't be produced in us any other way is being produced in us. This is, this is how we grow and increase in these areas. Um, I've been known to say, and I, and I try to say it gently because I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not you know, trying to offend anybody, but when I teach on the subject of character at the foundry, um, I've, I've been known to say as gently and as in much love as I know how to say it uh, to the participants that if they had enough character to finish the program when they showed up here, they probably wouldn't need the program. All right, now that may require a little thought and explanation. Again, if they had enough character to finish the program, they may not need the program. They may not... They, they, they may not need what the Foundry offers to them. What's the point? The point is that you know, engaging in the intensive program, recovery program that is the Foundry, is, is going to uh, bring out some uh, things in our lives that we may not want to be brought out. It's going to expose some weaknesses in our life that we may not want to have exposed. But it's getting in that fray and when everything in you says I'm leaving here, uh, but you choose to stay, it's in that tension that that character is developed. You can't you can't go to the grocery store and buy a pound of loyalty. The only way to increase your loyalty is by being loyal, and 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 to be loyal, you know, really only counts. You know, it's like Keith Moore says: uh, submission to authority only. Really comes into play when you disagree with the authority that's over you. As long as you're in agreement, everything's fine. It's easy to be loyal when uh, when you agree with everything that's being done. but you know it's, it's it's when all of a sudden that's challenged or tested or tried, you know, and and you want to badmouth the boss and you want to talk uh, about somebody behind their back, but you resist that. And and if you can't say something good, you don't say anything at all, and you pray. See that it's only in that tension that you can actually increase uh, in the in the character uh, you know attributes that are so critical uh, to living our best lives. And so this is the same with faith. Uh, I don't I don't mean this um, flippantly, but anybody can make a faith confession. I mean, it's, it's not that hard to do uh, to declare something from the Word of God uh, to be so in your life. Um, that's, again, <laughs> virtually anybody can do that. Um, but it's when the devil comes in and says, oh, so you're telling me you're healed. Prove it. See, that, that's where we're not ready for trial, we're not ready uh, for our faith to be challenged, and this is where so many people very quickly waver and, and, and slip over in to doubt and unbelief. So, again, the preconceived ideas, wrong thinking about trials that needs to be cleared up, simply put, um, trials are the enemy's effort to move you. Rather than your faith moving the mountain, he's wanting the obstacle, the, the, the issue, the problem in your life, instead uh, to challenge your faith and ultimately move you away from it. Now, let's talk for a minute about this word challenge. And we'll kind of settle in here in the few minutes we've got left. Um, a challenge is the objection to the truth or validity of something. I know there's some big words in here, but just kind of cobbled together a couple of different definitions. Um, but again, a challenge is the objection to the truth or validity of something often accompanied by a demand for proof. Often accompanied by a demand for proof. So I know that maybe there's some words in here you don't like. throw validity around uh, that often. But the idea here is, you know, that you've just simply stated, you've declared that there's, you know, uh, 14 sacks of concrete on that pallet, and somebody else that counted them a few days ago only counted 12, and now they're objecting uh, to what you said. They're, they're challenging your count. They're challenging. Uh, I don't know where bags of concrete on a pallet came from. I'm just trying to show you that, when something is challenged, this is when you say it's one way and someone else says, no, that's not how it is. That's not true. That's not valid. And then comes the demand for proof. Um, show me. Prove it to me. Um, so when, when we take a stand of faith um, and, and we say we confess uh, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. If I was healed, I am healed. Um, he healed them all. And you start quoting scriptures about healing and releasing our faith on healing or it's it, you know, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, He adds no sorrow with it. We start releasing our faith uh, for financial increase and debt elimination and paying off our house or, or what have you. So we, we declare, The word of God to be so in our lives and according to the word of God um, our body is healed well because you have an adversary who does not ever the last thing in the world he wants after you're born again is for you to grow and develop in faith Um, and that that may even be a bigger threat to him than anything else Um, uh, is one thing for you to be born again, but it's another thing for you to not know who you are and not know how to use the faith that you've been given. He's going to challenge that. He's going to try to slap it down every time. He's, he's going to try to push back against you every time. So the challenge is the objection to the truth or validity of something, often accompanied by a demand for proof. So let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Amen. Hebrews 11.1 1. I know by faith that you're getting a lot out of this tonight. <laughs> Amen. That's my faith confession and I'm staying with it. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Before we turn there I want you to look at this one more time. Challenges the objection to the truth or validity of something. So you say it's true. You say the truth is I'm healed. The truth is I'm free. The truth is uh, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. The truth is uh, I, I prosper and everything I put my hands to prospers. The truth is, uh, Jesus became a curse so I could be blessed. The truth is, He became poor so I could become rich. So, you're declaring these things. You're confessing these things. You're believing for these things to produce a result of some kind in your life. So, when the enemy puts your faith on trial, it's when he challenges that. He says, it's not true. You're, 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 you're not healed. It's not true. Uh, you, you're not rich. It's not true. You're not free. You were thinking about using heroin yesterday. It's not true. See, see he, he's coming to, to challenge this. He's pushing back, seeing if he can bully you out of and off of that faith position. So notice here, and this is where I, I know I've made this mistake before, and I think it's where a lot of people make a mistake. It's this part about often accompanied by a demand for proof. Often accompanied by a demand for proof for proof, okay? So what does Hebrews 11 and 1 say? It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One translation literally reads, the proof of things not seen. Let me quickly give you this same verse from the Amplified Version. It says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed, of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses so if something is not revealed to the senses this means that it has not entered into uh... you know the physical uh... realm so to speak in other words uh, you believe that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, um, right? But when your faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. When it's revealed to the senses is when your bank account's loaded. In other words, that's what he's saying here. It's when when the result actually uh, becomes tangible. So again, faith is the assurance. Just think, be sure. You're sure of something. It's the confirmation, the title deed. Of things we hope for I've used this example before but years ago the church was given a piece of property and we were able to sell that property and I never saw the property I mean I never went to it I wanted to I'd love to it was in Florida you know um, but never visited never set foot on it the whole real estate transaction obviously we handled for the church you know was was done uh, distant electronically you know over the internet um, but i tell you what we did have we had that deed and, and, and so basically when it all came down to it, we handed them the deed and they handed us a check for $175,000. So, amen. So this is what he's saying. He's saying faith is like that title deed. You, you may not see the property. Your feet may not be on the property, but that deed says the property is yours. The enemy's trying to take that deed away from you. He's trying to take your faith away from you. It's also the proof of things we don't see. Faith is the proof of things we don't see. And it's the conviction. Think convince. That word convince. Conviction, convince are from the same root. It's the conviction of their reality. We're convinced of their reality even though our eyes haven't seen it, our ears haven't heard it, our hands haven't held it. That's the uh, real fact, what is not yet revealed to the senses. Now, oh, praise God. Let me, let, let's, let's get this part right here and... Um, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, when Satan challenges your faith, and he's going to do it. I've said that so many times. I'm not trying to be negative or Debbie Downer or whatever. Um, But when, if your name's Debbie, no offense. Praise God. When Satan challenges your faith, not if, but when he challenges your faith, do not fall for the trick of looking to the circumstances for the proof or the evidence. Okay? What do I mean by that? Well, let's say that um, you are... Uh, man, i got so many notes tonight. Let me get down to this one here. Oh, praise God. Let, let's use this as an example i put this one in my notes. Let's say your your hip is hurting you. And you get in the Word. Your faith is awakened and aroused and strengthened. Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And you release your faith. You confess that your hip is healed. I believe that I receive in the name of Jesus healing for my hip or healing for your knee or... uh, uh, for your foot, or your neck, or whatever, okay? You release that healing. You confess that it's healed, okay? Now, the trial of that particular faith that you're healed comes when the prosecution, the accuser of the brethren, the enemy, challenges your faith, Says your hip's not healed. If your hip is healed, prove it now. Okay? This is again, I don't want to put it back up on the screen, but this is what a challenge looks like. You're you're telling me, you're telling people, you're calling things that be not as though they were. You're you're standing on all those words and using all those uh, you know, faith jargon and faith, I mean, obviously good stuff. I'm not trying to demean it or belittle it. And, and then the enemy just, you know, he tries to walk up in the middle of your life and punches you in the face and says, if your hip is healed, prove it. If, you're, if, if, if your back is healed, prove it. Okay? Here is the mistake that I have made in the past. Okay? I have looked to my hurting foot for proof that my foot is healed it's not where the proof that my foot is healed is found see that's the, that little subtle thing right there because see all of this we'll we'll pick this up next week we have become so accustomed to our faith being challenged that i think a lot of people don't even realize that it is we we just accept it that that's the way it is and 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 here's the reality okay you're a born again child of the Most High God with the mind of Christ. Doubt doesn't come naturally to you. You say, oh yes it does. No, it doesn't. Doubt does not come naturally to you. It comes natural to a man who doesn't know God. But but my born again spirit believes every word in this book. It believes every bit of it. Has no problem believing it. Okay? Let, Let me... Let me, let me ask you this question, okay. If you were standing in heaven right now, how hard would it be to doubt? Think about it. how hard you're standing in heaven. You're, you're looking at transparent gold underneath your feet. You just walk through a gate carved out of a single pearl. How hard would it be to doubt? You'd have I mean, could you doubt there? I personally don't believe you can. Now, I argue that. i got a lot of notes on this. But you say, yeah, well, Pastor Mark, that's kind of a no-brainer. Now, see, again, the same born-again spirit that's in you now is going to be the same born-again spirit that stands on that street of gold one day. The only difference is there everything that the devil uses to challenge your faith, every circumstance that he uses to try to bully you off of it is, is gone. But the same faith that you have now you're going to have then. It's just that the enemy uses things in this natural realm and because we are often ignorant of his devices. So now notice again, let's go back to it. When he challenges your faith, that's the first thing. See, we don't even realize that it's him doing it. You know, we're just like, well, let me see if my foot's still hurting. Let me see if I can bend this knee. Well, oh, must not have been healed. See, you know, you're looking. you're looking to the circumstance for proof that you're healed. Because when your faith is challenged, it demands proof. This is when we got to realize, my faith is the proof. My faith is the evidence. A God who cannot lie, who told me I was healed, that's the proof that I'm healed. See, it's completely different now. But this is how you get ready for trial. Because you know it's what the devil's going to do. Come on, anybody that's ever believed God for healing knows that that's what, you know, all of a sudden you start swallowing hard. Like, maybe if I swallow harder, my throat won't feel like razor blades anymore. I'm just going to keep swallowing as hard as I can. Bless God till I'm healed. And, and I'm not healed. I'm not healed. I'm not healed. Right? So that's where all the doubt comes from. Looking for my sore throat for proof that I'm healed? See, that's, that's, that's when I receive what I've already believed that I received. That's, that's when it's revealed to the senses. But faith is proof of things that I don't see. It, it's, it, it, it operates on a different level than the symptoms. It operates on a different level than the things that, that we're seeing or experiencing. And thank God it does because it's, it, if we'll hold on to our faith, it'll pull all of that up to that level. The healing, the financial prosperity, the, the, um, the freedom and, 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 and all these things that... Ultimately, we have to walk out and live out in our lives by faith. So, Satan challenges your faith in hopes of producing really one thing doubt, getting you to question. Be prepared. I'll finish right here. Be prepared for the prosecutor, the accuser of the brethren, to ask you these kinds of questions because he's going to ask, What proof do you have that you're healed? What proof do you have that your son is protected? How do you know this is going to work out in your favor? What makes you think God is going to provide what you need? See, these are the the questions that the enemy is, is, you need to be prepared for it. You need to realize that this is what he's going to try to use against you. And see, now, remember the whole thing, that came undone in the garden began with a simple question. Has, has God not said, you know, it's, you, you know, have you looked at this fruit? So what is he trying to do? He's asking questions, the devil's asking questions because he's trying to get the, the mental wheels turning and then once he gets those mental wheels turning, he wants to try to direct them in a course, in a direction away from God's highest and best for our lives. So he's going to ask these questions. He's gonna, it's only natural for us, when, when we're challenged to look for the proof, if we look to the place of the pain to try to find the proof, this is where the enemy starts getting us to waver. Now we start doubting. Maybe I'm not healed after all. Maybe it's not God's will. And, and next thing you know, we start stepping back from that faith position. Alright, let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're teaching us. We thank you for helping us, Lord. Uh, literally and truly and genuinely not be ignorant of the devil's devices when it comes to operating in and receiving and living by faith, Father. And Lord, um, I just pray for my brothers and my sisters right now that um, are in situations, Lord, facing uh, impossible circumstances in the natural. uh, Things, Father, that only faith uh, can work out in their favor. Things that only faith can enable them to overcome and, and experience breakthrough in. And Father, that that the simple things that we've talked about tonight will help them better fight the good fight of faith and and, and hold their position and, and be ready for trial when it comes. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well praise God. Tell somebody around you good things coming. As always, thank you for joining with us either live stream or Uh, later uh, via the recording or podcast and uh, you be blessed we'll see you sunday morning at 10 30 good things coming